Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Ooh, I kind of like that you said hi to me first. Oh, wow. I'm being assertive. Switching it up. It's a big day. It is a big day. Today, as we're recording this, um, well, not as we're recording it, but today, the day we are recording. Well, technically, actually, not the day we are recording, because isn't it... Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I can't. Technically, the day before we were recording, but the day we were recording our time. Okay. So, the royal wedding happened this morning, and, like, it was so beautiful. Even Kristen, who, on this last episode, was like... No, I don't really, like, I don't have any interest in the royal wedding. Woke up from a text, or from her, rather, uh, who texted me at, like, 8.30 this morning to be like, I know I said I didn't care, but it was lovely and it was beautiful, and I shed some tears, and I loved it. I, okay, in my defense, I wake up early, just, like, that's, like, my personality type. Like, I'm just an early riser. And so, also, I have cats who, as soon as we... Our cats can tell when we're not asleep anymore. Mm. And then they start crying. And I was trying to be a sweet wife and, like, feed them before they woke DA up. So, I'm on, you know, my Insta. And I'm just clicking through people's stories. And Dorinda from Real Housewives of New York um, was watching the royal wedding. Because, of course, she was. And so, I was, like, watching through her snaps. So, I legitimately... Like, some people were like, oh, I only saw a couple minutes. Like, I legitimately saw 30-second clips um, and the one that got me was when, like, Harry, when she got up to Harry and he, like, mm-hmm. that little quote of him saying, like, I'm so lucky, you look so, like, that was really sweet. And I shed a little bit of a tear. And, God, he's so attractive. It is, he's a married man. I know it's inappropriate, but he's a guy's a good-looking royal ginger. Listen, um, I could not be more the opposite. I actually watched the royal wedding not once, not twice, but two and a half times. Uh, I definitely watched it this morning and I woke up like kind of, I had set my alarm to watch it and I slept through it because it was Saturday and I yeah, it was like getting 5 up. Right? Yeah, I can't. But anyways, so shadow kind of like shifted and woke me up at seven and I like instantly was like, oh my God, it's happening. And I woke up and I had wanted to catch all that I had missed of the wedding prior. So I watched it again and then I just kind of like accidentally watched it again after that, but Anyways, it was beautiful. I mean, I haven't even watched my wedding video more than once. And I actually skipped through the ceremony and just watched the reception party. I wish. So, oh, I, gosh. I wish so much that somehow there would have been, like, Snapchat. reception. Oh, my gosh. Can you even imagine? Yeah, that'd be really sick. And I, I think that would have been crazy. I was telling Kristen that I really hope that, like, someone would have Snapchatted, like, Charlotte and, like, the queen doing the Cupid Shuffle. Like, come on. I mean, maybe they will. They just won't release them today. Oh, that'd be so amazing. I did see that. Um, Tro- How do you say her name? Troyan? Um, the girl from Pretty Little Liars that's married to Mike Ross from Suits, Patrick Adams. Um, she's so beautiful, and she looks so beautiful at this wedding. But anyways, she posted a Snapchat of, like, the slippers that they gave them before the reception, after mm-hmm. the ceremony. thought that was really cute. I was just thinking to myself, all of the craziness that goes into being a bridesmaid, could you imagine being one for, like, the royal wedding? No. Was she allowed to even have them? Um, okay, so the bridesmaids were all, like, her friend's kids. And, like, their godchildren. Yeah, I was reading about it. Um, so they were all like their goddaughters were all the bridesmaids and like obviously Charlotte. And then um There were no adult bridesmaids? No, no one like stood up for her. 
not stood up for her, but like yeah. stood up with her. Okay, so it's so funny. We need to take a poll. Is that a Midwestern saying? I know that when you're in a wedding, you're standing up in the wedding. Like I understand where yeah. it comes from, but back me up south. I've never. We call it being in a wedding. Like we don't call it standing up for. Oh no, we say you're I've like never, standing up in a wedding. No, I know you're like the third person that's said something like that to me recently, and I. I I like the first time I was like, oh, that's weird. I wonder if that's just like a different generation thing. And then someone else said it, like our age, and I was like, weird. And then you said it, and I was like, am I weird? Like, uh, we don't call, like back south, I know that you're right. I just, we don't call it that. Okay, that's like the formal way of saying it, like stand up in a wedding. Like we just say, oh, I was in so-and-so's wedding, or I was, you know, a bridesmaid in so-and-so's wedding. But you guys say like, oh, yeah, I stood up in so-and-so's wedding, right? Yeah. Like you don't say in. Right. You say stood up. Right. So weird. Yeah. I don't know. Have you ever heard me say I stood up in someone's wedding? No. Yeah, because, right? Because I say I, I was a bridesmaid or like I was in. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I've never thought about well, it. Well, you never noticed it because here everyone says it your way. Yeah. But like if you moved somewhere in the South, they would say it different. Which I never would, but Dude, just kidding. Is it, what is it, etym- etymology? What's the one that's like the study of words and like where they der- derive from? Is that etymology? Uh, like literally our four listeners are screaming into their car radios right now what it is. No, I'm, I swear to God, like I've never heard it said that way. I don't know. I don't know. That's crazy. Well, anyway, so the wedding was today and it was great. It was beautiful. So beautiful. Congratulations. Yeah, super exciting. And I mean, it's exciting because they really genuinely look like they love. Not that William and Kate don't. But they really look very, they look very sweet together. They do. And Alex and I were actually just reminiscing about what a playboy Harry was. Remember? That was like a whole thing. Like, will he ever settle down? Who's going to be the woman to land him? Right. And it's an American. My, we did it. Honestly, though. And they were talking about how quickly they fell in love. And, yeah. like, they've only, they started dating in the summer of 2016. It's only been, like, two years. Yeah, but back me up on this. When you're older, you just know. You I know, think, like, well, that's kind of what he said. You know yourself a little better, I think. Yeah. And um, I think when you're older, like, because, um. I've had some older family members who got married very quickly after meeting, whereas DA and I dated for like six years because we were 18. We have kids. You need to make sure that you're still going to like each other as adults. Right. And so I feel like it's it's totally normal for like people that are older to get married quickly because... Yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just think... It is strange. Usually you'd want to, you know... You would think, like, especially with, like, the royal family, because, like... Cause you're not allowed to divorce, that's right? a big deal. Well, I mean, you are. You can. Diana did. And you can, but it's, like, Charles. a thing. Yeah. It's not... It's not a recommended thing. It's not, like, ideal. No. It's not the ideal, ideal cut diamond. <laughs> They're not, like, big proponents of divorce, I don't think, but... But I did notice um, when they were... The, uh, the pastor said something about... Um, of starting a family and like having kids and stuff, and they both just kind of like giggled to each other. And I did read that they want to start families right away or a family right away. And I hope they Aww, do. That's sweet. I, I hope so too. That's so cute. I thought it was really sweet when they were just like looking at each other and saying their vows, and they were both just like smiling at each- like I know yeah. that feeling. Like Da and I were like like we 
we were all giggly and stuff too. But imagine like having that and then like millions also millions of, of people, people watching yeah. you and obsessing about it and wearing you as a leotard. Right. Yeah, I don't. I, and all the people that were like trying to look actually, read that's kind what of they were dream. saying. Oh my gosh, that's so much pressure. Yeah, but no, good for them. And I love that her something blue was Princess Diana's ring. And I love that he picked flowers for her to put I know. in her bouquet. Because I bet he was such a, I bet he was such a mama's boy. I just like. But that I was so hard. I know. And that interview that they babies. did when they first got engaged where he was talking about like his mom's jewelry. Oh, I yeah. just, that kind of stuff totally chokes me up. Like all that, that family, like legacy and like, you know, care, like, oh. I think Diana would really like her. I think so too. Granted, we don't know Meghan Markle at all, but she just seems like and such you know a what? nice person. We didn't know Diana, Princess Diana. Right. I had the Princess Diana beanie baby, so maybe I knew her a little. I but mean... I went to Kensington Palace or Buckingham Palace, I guess, uh, once when she was like maybe in town in London. And that's there you go. cool. So we like, we were in the same city at one point together. Um, okay. Awesome. Unrelated, but one time I saw Keith Urban at the rodeo and I turned to my friend and I was like, if Nicole Kidman's here, we're in the same stadium as Nicole Kidman. That's a pretty big deal. And. I think it was Chelsea. And she was like, first of all, Nicole Kidman's not here. I doubt it. Very seriously. And she was like, she's not even on our level. Like, even if we're in the same stadium, like, we're not in the same Is she trying to say that Nicole Kidman is too good for rodeos? No, I think she's trying to say Nicole Kidman's too good to be on the same level as us. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's accurate. Um, But, like, Nicole, there's no way Nicole Kidman can go to every single event he's doing. Like, I'm sure she's filming movies. Like, they've got bills to pay, you know? Right. And they live in Australia. Yeah. Come on. Like, they don't have a house here somewhere. Well, they do in Nashville. Bam. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Point proved. Actually, no. You're proved. I'm proving the point that she wasn't there. Yeah. They only live in Australia. Like, they don't have time to come all the way here. So, wait. This is E for Effort. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, Oh, my God. I feel like we don't even need to say (laughs) the name of this podcast anymore because... All of this banter literally just proves Guys, the title gold. and implies it. Guys, give where's our Pulitzer? I mean, honestly. we're groundbreaking journalism here. That's are- Kristen. <laughs> I'm Alex. You can like us on social media if you oh, so choose. Guys, I need a break. At E for Effort Pod. I need a sip. Or email us. Email us that you hate the way we slate at email or at E for Effort podcast at gmail.com do you remember when we were sleeping so well we'd be like hi hi i'm Kristen, and i'm alex and you're listening to e for effort here's our instagram and our twitter yeah and now we're 11 minutes in and we just did it there's only so much we can do i mean honestly though if we did things right it would kind of be off brand for us right that's what i'm saying if we did this correctly it wouldn't be e for effort so you agree you think you're really pretty. Yeah. 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 Me too. So how's your how's your day? My day was so good and lazy. Was I didn't it? do anything. I I like that. Did my homework for this. Mm-hmm. I literally the only thing I achieved today was making my bed and wow. curling my hair. Okay. I actually was so bored today that I curled my hair. Do you know how bored you have to be to curl your hair? Pretty bored. I hate curling yeah. my hair. Oh, I don't hate. I'm I've gotten I like I refuse to wear my hair naturally because it's such a frizzy, horrible mess of a existence. Sure. Um, so if I wear my hair down, which I 
if you know anything about me, you know I almost... Well, you don't because you know sloppy, lazy Kristen. But, like, if I'm going somewhere, like, I, I do not wear my hair up because I... Because one person one time said I looked like my little brother with my hair up. And they were right. <laughs> and I feel like I look like a dude. My jawline is too strong and my nose is too large and I can't wear my hair up. And I have a complex about it now. And I, it's bad. It's a, pro, it's a problem. In my defense, though, the picture that they're referring to, granted, I was in like third grade. You you honestly can't tell if it's me or Austin. I hope my mom still has it. We'll post it. You really, you can't tell if it's me or Austin. And I don't know if Austin looks like a girl or I look like a boy, but we look like each other in that moment. I'm really sorry. It's okay. It's just, that's why I know how to curl my hair really well. <laughs> because I always wear my hair down and I prefer to have it curled. It sounds like a really big day for you. Today was also a big day for me in that uh, the highlight of my day, uh, outside of the royal wedding, obviously, uh, I went to the mall with my mom today. That was fun. I was shopping for a birthday present for Chef Mehdi. He turns 30 soon. And uh, yeah, no, the, the most exciting thing that happened was that I got chips and guac from Rick Bayless's fast food restaurant. Have you ever eaten there from Tara? Yeah, no. Never really tried it before. Great chips and guac. Ate them the whole way I was driving here, fully knowing that I was going to have dinner here, but it was like my appetizer. Yeah. And as I was... To pho, you decide to have chips and guac as an appetizer? Yeah. Okay. Solid. As I was driving. Got it. Um, Super safe. But also, I started listening to this acoustic playlist on Spotify, and an acoustic... Who are you? Right. An acoustic (laughs) version of Sweater Weather came on. Do you remember that song yes. from the neighborhood? A hundred. That literally every time I put on my first sweater of fall, I sing that song in my head. I love that song. No, and it's I like, great. I so I forgot about it. So I hear sweater weather, and I'm like, oh man, the neighborhood. What are they doing? Do they still make music? <laughs> so I like click over to the neighborhood, That's and I'm really? like, I listen to sweater weather like four times as I'm literally as eating my chips and guac, like jamming on the way here. Yeah. Um, and then I was like listening to this new song that they released. I think, I, you know what? I take that back. I don't know if it's new or not. It was new for me. It was called Nervous, I think. I like, there's something about their music that like makes you feel like weirdly like kind of hot. Like you should listen to that music when you are getting ready, I think. Cause that's how I feel like, I feel like, like, yeah, I'm going to go do the damn thing when I, like, am listening to You that. heard it here, folks. First, folks, <laughs> <laughs> neighborhood is the new sex it's like, jam. It's like those songs. Like, it like, should be. screw getting ready to Britney Spears. No. No, no. You need to get ready to, <laughs> get ready to the, the neighborhood. neighborhood. It's like a song. And also still remember that they're a thing. Right. <laughs> It should be in, like, um, a CW TV show where, like, a couple is about to, like, hook up. That's what I think of. I need to I need to hear the song immediately. You know, and fully, I'm actually very right in that because that's how I first discovered The Neighborhood was The Vampire Diaries was playing them. And it was, like, Elena and maybe Damon or something. You I don't guys know. can't see Alex's face, but she is appalled at the words coming out of her mouth as they're coming out of her mouth. I know. But she's also Alex, so she doesn't care. But she's I'm also... going to say them anyway. I'm not throwing shade because I watch the CW. Okay. I love Riverdale. First of, all, first of all, I watched the shit out of some CW, yeah. so calm down. Right. Second of all, 
can I tell you that the first adult, like not adult, but like the first like TV watching experience that I remember like, I'm going to choose a show to watch on my own, like not with like my family. Right, like I'm going to like watch a show. Outside of like Arthur. A hundred percent. Like PBS. And because we didn't have cable until right. I was seen, like a, until I was in high school. Yeah. Because we moved to a new house. My parents finally caved and got us cable. So I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to watch a show that I want to watch. And because I was a weirdo, even then, mm-hmm. the first show I ever watched on the CW that got me addicted was Supernatural. Nice. The episode where they do Bloody Mary. Nice. And I picked it because Bloody Mary, which I will eventually do and I have to stop saying it. We'll call it BM for now. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't want her to come haunt me. I'm sure one of these reflective things counts as a mirror. Yeah, I can't. Um, That was like my all-time most terrified urban legend. I still to this day, I totally, like, I can't even think about it. Mm-hmm. My friends, like, traumatized me when I was little, like, set it in the bathroom and, like, locked me in there and I almost, like, passed out in fear. Bye. I have a real problem you with have it. You bad friends. I know, right? And so I, I was like, I saw that and I thought it was going to be, like, a documentary. <laughs> and I love documentaries. <laughs> I didn't know what, like, cable was. Although the CW wasn't cable at the time. No, it was I guess like, I just wasn't allowed to watch shows like that. Like, or like, oh, I, just, I like, definitely wasn't. Because that's the same network that, like, Dawson's Creek was on. Right. And I was, t- my parents thought I was too young to be watching Dawson's Creek. I was allowed to watch Seventh Heaven with, no. like, parental permission. Ooh, yeah. Like, I was like, a lot, like, it's okay. Because it was one of those, like, at the end of the day, like, everyone learns their lesson. Right. And I, and so, yeah, so I remember turning on... I th- thought it was going to be a documentary, like, telling me about it. And it turns out it's not. It's the best show of all time. I still, to this day, am obsessed with Supernatural. I love it. It's my, it's probably my favorite television show, just, like, hands down. Right. Anyway. This was a really long-winded way of saying, go watch basically, the CW. No, basically, 100% watch the CW, but basically, I distinctly remember the scene I, like, it didn't start on, I got it, like, a little bit in. I didn't, like, start right at the beginning. Um, but the... <laughs> It's so embarrassing. They were playing Fallout Boy. Sugar oh. going down. So. Hell yeah! And I literally remember thinking, as like a probably fourteen, like this is freshman year in high school, and I remember thinking to myself, like, this is this is television. Yeah. This <laughs> like I remember thinking, like I remember thinking, like oh, like it opened oh, my I eyes. It. I remember thinking to myself. Myself, like, wow, just like the way they incorporated the song into the scene. She's like getting ready, and then, and then you know who is behind her and like gonna kill her. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the perfect use. I, and you know, I was a theater kid, I thought I knew Obviously. shit, and I was like, this is the perfect usage of like music and drama and the camera angle. I don't know, I was so, st- I just it like changed my life. I love it, and then, I love all of this. So now, every time I hear Fallout Boy. I think about that moment. Like, this is living, and I'm like, and I'm like, this is television. <laughs> I'm like, I hear myself say it, and I'm ashamed. Don't be ashamed. But I'm not, because Supernatural is television gold, and I will fight anyone to the death that doesn't believe that. 
I will also never get over Fall Out Boy, and I've, I'm like 30 years old, and I still love Panic at the Disco. Me too. So I will never, we, I'll never get over Panic we, at the Disco. We get each other on that rope. Did you see the Brandon Urie thing with all the puppies? Obviously. I watched it <laughs> twice. Did you see the one where he said he would be a, a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race? Yes. If he's ever a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race, can we watch it together? Obviously. He's okay. coming to Chicago this summer. We should, we should just go stalk him. Or we'll just pay for the concert, but yeah. I mean, like, let's we'll definitely pay for, stalk we'll him too. For the concert, we'll also stalk him. I bet that. you, if we like watched his Instagram or like his Twitter feed, like we could figure out where he is. But like, we um, wouldn't do that, Brandon Yuri. Don't worry, I know you listen. Like, we totally wouldn't do that. Never. We would do that though. So also go listen to the Neighborhood because they're still a band and pretty good. A hundred percent. Do it. So, so what are we talking about this week? <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I can go first. Yeah, why don't you go first? Because I have All a right. feeling yours is going to be a bummer. So Mine I'll is kind of a bummer. Okay, so recently one of the things I was obsessed with, obsessed <laughs> with was the um, In the Dark podcast. Yes. Still haven't made it to season two. I did finish season one and I am obsessed with it and wholeheartedly recommend it to everyone, everyone, everyone. Um, okay, so in season one, they mainly focus on Stearns County and well they do focus on Stearns County and also the which is in Minnesota. Got it. And the Jacob Waterling case, mm-hmm. which Oh my god. I know. Bless his heart. I can't. The poor so little sad. boy. He's a little boy. He gets abducted and murdered by a serial pedophile in Minnesota that unfortunately was not caught until recently. That's the kid on the that's the one that started the Got Milk campaign, right? Yeah. Yeah. He sure was. Um his mom his family rather did a lot to help um with registries and different things like that yeah. to help protect the safety and um, safety of children. Anyways, so while they're talking about Jacob's case, they're talking about other, you know, other things that kind of got missed in Minnesota too. There were a lot of, um, maybe a lot is too strong of a word, but there were some other pretty big cases that happened in Minnesota at the time of the Jacob Waterling case or a little before that never really necessarily got solved. Uh, and were never publicized for whatever reason. Um, so one of the episodes, I think it's episode seven, they talk about the Hewling murders. Hewling, Hauling, I don't know. H-U-L-I-N-G. That's what I, I thought. Okay, so I was like fascinated by this murder. Um, not, well, I shouldn't say fascinated. That makes me sound weird. But I feel like the case is very interesting you can because. Say fascinating. Listen, we. We have people have morbid curiosities or fascinations. Like the true crime is fascinating. True to crime me. is fascinating to most. I, I mean, listen, if podcasting has taught us anything, the amount of true crime podcasts out there is insane. Which is why we're not turning this into one. Just no, 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 no. But but I just it's it's we are talking about things we're interested in, and both of us like true crime. So every now and then, y'all are gonna just hear some some super not, messed up stories of murder. Not trying to take over Karen and George's job, nor could we ever. Let's uh, be real. Absolutely. But not. I did find this very interesting. So Tell about it, stud. okay, so the healing murders. So rural Minnesota, uh, it's the town of Clearwater. A man enters the Hewling family home 
and murders uh, Alice Hewling and her three children with a shotgun. Jesus. Middle of the night. And this oh my God, is that's like literally my nightmare. Yeah. It's the 80s. Um, and this is like a safe place. Yeah. So like this, don't lock their door. Right. This is Mayberry, essentially. Right. Where do people understand that reference? No. Am I old? I don't know what Mayberry is either. Andy Griffith? No. The Andy Griffith show? Never watched it. From like the 1950s and 60s? You can keep telling me things about it, but I don't know what it That's is. That's the show that Opie was on, Ron Howard. He played the little boy. His dad was the police officer. I mean... Uh, oh my god, I'm going to go home and just cry myself to sleep because I'm old now, apparently. I mean, I know... I, I I understand the concept of what it is you're saying, but I would not get any references from it. Okay, fine. The town that they lived in was Mayberry, and it was like a very safe town. Right. So it was like middle America, like very safe in the good old days. You Back know. when only crime happened in the cities. Right, 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 right. Anyways, so moving on. Uh, she had a fourth child named Billy. Billy was 11, and the... Uh, intruder entered into his room, shot two shots, or fired two shots, and they both hit his pillow somehow. They missed him. And he just laid there, terrified, shaking under his sheets until the intruder left his house. <gasps> so he was the sole survivor in his family's massacre. Oh. Like, I... Wait, where was... Was she? Was Alice married? I That was unclear to me. The but old, the dad didn't die in the house? No. But I don't know if he was in the picture or not. Was he the shooter? No. Okay. Um, so, poor Billy. Dude, what do you do? You're like, what? how old was he? 11. Dude, when I was 11... I know. I was like getting my toes stuck in scooters and shit. I couldn't have like handled my entire family being shot to death. When I was 11, I was obsessed with the musical Starlight Express. And I pretended <laughs> that I was one of the train cars and would rollerblade up and down my block singing songs from Starlight Express, the Andrew Lloyd Webber spectacular. Oh, I know what Starlight Express is. But, I mean, like, uh, yes. I can't. So, this also wrecked the community. So, yeah. obviously, Jesus. it's a super safe community. It um, All of a sudden, men start skipping work to be home with their families because they don't feel safe leaving their oh. families. And there were people that would sit in their living rooms with shotguns pointed at the door waiting for the attacker to come in. So it was, it became a very scared town overnight, obviously. Um, there's a suspect named Joan, Joe Tur, I believe. T-U-R-E? True? T-U-R-E. Oh, uh, yeah. We're going to say Tur. Tur. Um, so Joe Turr becomes a suspect. He's in his late twenties. Um, he's eating breakfast at a local restaurant and authorities receive a call that he's been harassing a waitress. So they, for whatever reason, have reason to suspect that he's somehow, you know, suspicious and involved in something. They, um, when was this? Sorry. The eighties. Eighties. So they find him in possession of a ski mask, a metal club, and a small Batmobile toy. What? Okay. He's also living out of his car at this time. Does he have a shotgun? Unclear. Okay. He's, I think they said 27 as he's being interviewed. Okay. Interviews uh, don't really make a lot of sense. He, uh, they ask him specifically about the toy that he has in his car. And (gasps) he says something to the effect of, oh, it's my grandkids. You're 27. Try that again. 
Uh, so then he quickly covers it up and he's like, oh, no, no, no. I mean, like, my sister has kids, so, like, I'm an uncle. And they're like, how old are, like, nieces and nephews? And he, like, can't come up with an answer. So then he becomes, like, agitated. Um, in his car, they also find a notebook with a list of waitresses, their addresses, and their license plate numbers. Ooh. Please don't tell me Dallas was a waitress. Oh, so um, his essentially none of his explanations were valid. Um, And he claims that he just dates the waitresses. He's like, that's how I get my dates. I hit on waitresses. I like, you know, show my sick Batmobile. Basically, like I I show him my sweet house. I eat car. But like, yeah, if you're if you're dating someone and you're living in your car, like where are you taking them? I don't think you do. I think you offer to meet them at a place and then they, you know, look for a ride home, realize that their ride home is also your home. It is your home. Ride and home, they're, home. And they're out, I think is what happens. But also you're a creep, so they don't go on a they date with you to begin yeah. with. Yeah. Um, anyways, so they somehow, though, don't have any evidence linking him to this murder. Yeah. And the items that they find aren't suspicious enough to hold him. Yeah, that kind of sucks. So he's released from custody. Okay. Um, they also, authorities never check with Billy about any missing toys. They never follow up about this Batmobile. Did Billy see him? No. The intruder? Uh, yes. Did they, like, show him a picture of him? Not really. What? They don't really. In what world? They don't really. That's like, that seems like what, like, okay, you have a suspect, you have a, you have a, you actually have a survivor. Not even just like a little bit like, hey, Billy, how's it, how's it going? Listen, so. Sorry about your entire family. That's kind of the whole gist of this podcast is that there were a lot of kind of missteps in yeah. a lot of different cases. Right. Um. The, I think when they were talking about the initial investigation in this one, um, like, the man that broke into the home also, like, cut, like, I don't remember if it was phone lines or power lines or something, and, oh, yeah, which, like, my spine. so creepy. Can you imagine? Um, but one of the police officers on duty, like, picks up a phone and doesn't have a glove or anything, just, like, picks it up and puts it back down. Uh- so, like... If there were fingerprints on that, that's not really, you know, usable. Um, Also, later they think that the police officer, or they thought that um, the assailant might have run out into the woods behind their house. Um, They found a flashlight on a counter, and they used that to go search the woods. So there was no real proof that, like, it wasn't the murderer's flashlight. Like, you know, that kind of thing. So it's just, like, a lot of... It was small town. They weren't used to big cases like this. They weren't used to murder in general in their yeah. towns. And it's the 80s. There's yeah. a lot that they learned about police protocol. So, like, I'm not throwing shade by any means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't go around telling well, people but, how to do their jobs. I don't want them to tell me how to do mine. Yeah, but I think there's something to be said for it's important. I don't know. Me, personally. Uh, if you don't hold me accountable, I ain't going to do shit. It's important, I think, sometimes to look at missteps and look at mismanagement and not necessarily blame people, but hold them accountable. Like, listen, when you have a job where um, you're solving crime, you're preventing crime, like, unfortunately, it's it's important to society that you do your job well, you know? Like, it's not an easy job, but it's also a really important one. You gotta, you gotta try really hard. 
And if you agree with Kristen, then I suggest you listen to the rest of the In the Dark podcast because they cover a lot of that. Um, that's literally the gist of this whole thing. Yeah, podcast. but at the same time, it's kind of like, be the, like what, what can we say about the cops in the 80s? You know, like it's... Right, you have to learn hopefully, from your mistakes. Yeah, you hopefully on. learn from your mistakes and you get better. Right. It's just frustrating to, to just, you know, spin your wheels. Yes. So Joe, when he's released from custody, he uh, essentially goes on a raping and murdering spree across Minnesota for the next 20 years. Wait, seriously? Yeah. Wait, what? How? What? So. How do uh, we know this? Spoiler alert. Joe is the killer. Really? And uh, it's rumored that he was uh, sexually interested in one of Alice's daughters. Alice's daughters. So oh, sex is oh. always his motivator. Uh, or oh, motivation. What a dick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, in Minnesota, there is <laughs> there is also a woman. Again, I don't know how you pronounce this one. And M A R L Y S, Marilis, Marls, Marls, Marls. I'm really sorry. We're gonna call you Mare. Okay, Mare. Talking about Mare. Uh, Mare was another woman living in Minnesota. Also, she lived on a farm in Afton, Minnesota, working mm-hmm. as a waitress oh. at a small diner. Um, so in 1979, this would have been the year before the Hewlings are murdered, mm-hmm. she is found dead in her farm- farmhouse by her mother. Her head has been bashed in. They take her to a hospital. She's pronounced dead. It's okay, wait. She had her, she was living by herself in this farmhouse? Not sure if she, it was unclear as to whether or not she was living by herself in the farmhouse or if it was like a family farmhouse. Yeah, oh God. She was 19 years old and her mom, <gasps> or I'm sorry, 18 years old and her mom found her. Oh, bless her heart. In. Oh, yeah. it's so sad. Um, so what happens here is this is actually one of Joe's first encounters uh, with a woman, right? Or with a, with a victim. So he meets her at the diner, mm-hmm. um, becomes sexually interested in her, and decides. And he naturally just goes up and says, "Hi, my name is Joe. Can I, I think you you're out? really nice? Would you like to come? Right, I'd hang like out to get me? to know you. Yeah, I think. Could I you... buy you a cup of coffee when you're off your shift? And then she said, "Oh, that would be great, but you know, I'm actually not interested." And he said, "Okay, I respect your decision." And then he left. Right. That's how the rest of this goes? That's 100% how this goes. He changes All his right. ways. All right. Well, goodbye. It's time. We're done. Right. No, he follows her home oh. like you do uh, and forces himself on her. When oh. she refuses, oh. he rapes and kills her. I don't, uh, I don't love it. The autopsy report shows that she literally fought for her life. She has bruises and broken bones everywhere, and it's oh. evident that she literally fought for her life well i mean good for her good for her is right but also that's really sad incredibly sad so these cases both go cold for 20 years oh my god 20 years imagine that how imagine that did they even have did they even try the like semen sample where like they can at least tell the blood type i mean my god literally don't know don't know the details i don't remember what it. they could do in the 80s what they couldn't do but uh. so with mayor's story especially it's frustrating and they they had a dozen leads 
and couldn't rule any of them out. Yeah. They suspect a neighbor for a long time, and it essentially ruins the neighbor's life because everyone kind of assumes that it's him that yeah. did it. Um, was, okay, is the place that Mare was killed close to the Hewings or, like, where this guy lives? See, I don't know. Because I feel like if it's, like, really out, like, in those small town communities, if it's, like, a, a drifter or someone coming through, like... God, how are you supposed to catch that? Like, well, he seemed, he seemed like he was kind of a drifter because he was um, – he lived all throughout Minnesota. He went like away – yeah. when he was 18, he went to the Marines. He made it about six months and then came back to St. Paul. Um, and from there, he, like, really never held steady work and uh, lived out of his car for a lot of it. So mm. if you're going, like, town to town trying to meet yeah. women at diners, like – yeah. It's hard to pinpoint. Yeah. Um, so then um, he also murders uh, a woman, or he's tried and convicted of uh, murder of a woman named Diane Edwards. So she, again, a waitress, works at a local diner, follows her home, murders her. <sighs> um, not sure how they f- how they caught him on that one. Um, she was 19 years old, but they um, they find him. And while he's in jail, allegedly he confesses to his cellmate literally 17 years later uh, that he murdered both Mare and the Hewlings. Well, if it was if it was 17 years later, then they probably had DNA. I mean, they probably could have gotten him on DNA. Yes, but they had no leads at this point. So they're literally, these were cold cases that they decided to... No, no, no. I, I'm saying for the girl that he that he did recently. Yes. That's probably how they got him. Yes. So um, so while he's in jail, he tells his, his cellmate this. His cellmate wishes to remain anonymous. So we don't know who that is. Understandable. Um, they they um do find similarities between the Healing Mar- murders and Mare's murder. Yeah. And um eventually are able to convict him of both murders, both sets of murders. And they finally go talk to Billy, the eleven year old boy that oh, survived no. his family's massacre. And when they talk to him, he says, Did you ever find my Batmobile? Chills. Literally. I've got like, chills. What? Dude. If they would have just talked to him about that 20 years prior. Dude. Some things could have probably been pretty different. Oh. But again, not throwing shade at anybody. Just like. Imagine if you were detective that worked both kids. I would have thrown up. I would have thrown up. Just like. Also, the fact that he remembers that. Yeah. So um, that was in 2000 when he was convicted of the Hewling murders. Um, yeah, he was kind of a nightmare. There were several other women that they were able to convict him of, um, on rape as well, which thank goodness he's serving consecutive life, um, sentences and his, um, he was just denied the opportunity to appeal his cases. Yeah, and good. You had 20 free years. You, you don't get any appeals or like, no. Totally agreed. Um, there was a woman also in the podcast that I listened to and they interview her. She's from Wisconsin. So she's right over the border of Minnesota in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Again, she's a waitress. She's a young girl. Mm. Um, she, I forget her name, but she is talking about this guy that she was waiting on at the restaurant. She was like, you know, he was just one of those where you could tell something wasn't right. And he just seemed a little off. 
So he left. She gets off work and she sees him in the parking lot. So he follows her home as she's walking and assaults her, essentially. So she's able to fight him off so he doesn't murder her. Um, And when she went to the authorities, they didn't really take it seriously. And she found out later who this man was (gasps) and saw his face. And I don't know that she's ever really, like, able to confirm that it was him that attacked her. But all she kept saying was that she wished that someone would have taken her seriously back in the day because she feels as though it could have at least helped prevent some of what happened. And I... I just can't imagine. But also gun on her for fighting him off. Yeah. So oh my gosh. That's Joe so is, scary. I don't want people to not take things like that seriously. I know. But there again, it was like the late 70s, 80s. I don't know. I don't know how any of that worked. And if you're in small town, like, I mean, I feel like those things really didn't happen well, all that often. And it's also like the whole like stalker thing. Like when it's when you are able to fight them off or like when someone's stalking you, a lot of times people don't take that seriously because it's like, well, it can't be really that bad. Right. Like, if a woman was able to fight yeah. you or off. Or like, well, are you sure he's not just, you know, bugging you a little bit? Like, how do you know it's a stalker? And then you hear about like that girl, was it Case Files? Where like she called, or Sword and Scale maybe, where like she called the police, to, like the non-emergency line to like say like hey my ex-boyfriend's stalking me and he's kind of scaring me and he's breaking into my house and they like were like okay well if anything else happens let us know and then he killed her and it's like that's just so scary like like really scary but it's hard to tell when you're supposed to take something serious or not you know my poor friend i don't want to say her name because it was a really messed up situation but she um she was stalked for several years (gasps) And it became to the point where she would just, like, she wouldn't go home after work. Yeah. Um, and there were, she started, it was an ex-boyfriend. She had started to see someone else in the in the time and in the process of, like, her being stalked. And um, she would be staying, like, with her new boyfriend at the time. And her neighbors would say that, um, like, he would be in the parking lot. Or he would be, like, outside her door and different things like that, like, knocking on her door and she wouldn't even be there. Like, oh it got God. to the point where it was, like, it was so, so bad and so scary. And, like, um, she has two beautiful dogs. I guess she only had the one at the time. But, anyways, um, her dog would just start growling in the middle of the <sighs> night because it could send oh something God. outside the door. Like, come on. That's Dude, terrifying. Like, my whole thing is, like, in what in what world is that okay? It's like, not. Like it's how, never like you're, okay. You're sick, right? Like, you can't think that that's okay to do to someone. And this guy, I mean, he honestly, he was so driven by sex, and that's that was his motivation right. when he talks about that. It's just, at what point does that just, is that just, like, delusion in your mind that, like, all these women, like... Is it just like it's not? I think is it it's just del- like you just don't care. Like you're like I need you this. Just, I want like this. impulse I'm control. Owed, no, I'm owed this, and I don't care. I'm gonna take it. Is that like those inner cells or whatever they're called? Incels. Incels. Yeah. I, I think it's just like and and some people. I mean, they don't have that healthy like something gets messed up in their sexuality early on, and they can't they can't healthily they don't have a healthy outlet for that. You know, and then you're already kind of off, and so women aren't super open to you, and then you're like, well, I'm just going to take it. No. No, it's not. That's not how the world works. Like, I like things all the time, and I don't just get to take them. No. Like, it. that's not the, that's not how, like, 
It's a whole other podcast. But it really is. Yes, stories so, like that are super frustrating to hear. He's in jail now. He's Good. Serving I hope he rots there forever. Back to back to back to back to back life sentences. So I don't. I thought it was like twenty seventy four or something that he was allowed out. That might not be right, but I hope it's never. Yeah, I, I hope he's never I, allowed out. I don't think that he'll be allowed out of prison in his lifetime. It doesn't sound like it. I from your mouth to God's ears, because I hope not. So that's that. Oh, that's a super bummer. I'm sorry. I don't know why, but for some reason, like, telling ghost stories doesn't freak me out as much as telling true crime stories. Well, yeah, I'm thinking about how I have to walk to my car after I was just thinking, like, how do Karen and Georgia do this when, like, Karen has to leave Georgia's house and drive home and be like, oh, I hope that no one's going to murder me. Like, I, I don't know. Is it the... I don't know. I'm not stoked on it, though. I can tell you that much. I know. I know. But honestly, though, listening to this case, I was like... Super messed up. Yeah, it's super, super messed, messed up, up. But it's I think it's important to um to think about things like that and to look at cases like that. Especially like let's like I didn't know about that case. It's not a very I don't think it's like super, super well known unless you're from Midwest, maybe it is. But. Right. Well, I'm from the Midwest and I never heard about that. But imagine living in Minnesota, like oh, for I'm a, sure. a time. That had to be pretty freaking terrifying. Oh, so scary. Especially it's it's that whole loss of innocence where you know, it used to be cool and you saw your neighbor and you waved and you left your doors unlocked and you probably, your neighbor had a spare key to your house, you know, and it's like, now it's like everyone is a danger and you have to be scared all the time. My topic is a little lighter because <laughs> I usually do the messed up, creepy, spooky, true crimey thing. Yeah. So I was like, well, Alex told me that she was going to do a murder. So I was like, okay, I'll keep it like fun and bright. And something people will be like, oh, this is easy to listen to. So I'm going to teach you about astrology. Okay, I like it. And I know most people are like, oh my God, what's my sign? And it's like, if you don't already know your sign, I can't help you. Like, I actually wrote all my notes. And then I was like, I didn't write any of the dates down for any of the signs. Who and doesn't I was know like, their sign, though? Right? I know. I know. Okay. So, let's... I'm going to take you to the way, way back machine. Like, we go in, like, 25,000 years ago, way, way back machine. So, basically, astrology, in a nutshell, is searching for human meaning and understanding in the sky. Now... I'm really going to try not to get myself con- I'm not I'm going to try not to say astronomy I wanna because know everything. Yep. There ve- is very confusing. Astrology is different from astronomy, but kind of they have similar uh, anyway. Okay. Yep. Yep. Astrology yep. is searching for human meaning and understanding in the sky. Okay. And understanding life through the planets and the moon and the sun. Okay. So there is some early evidence of ancient peoples doing this in, like, cave paintings and um, different, like, weavings that they have left for us as early as 25,000 years ago. Okay. Um, basically, it was a really uh, provisional way to, like, chart the lunar cycles. Oh. Um, and this transformed into creating a lunar calendar to record the moon the moon's effect on tides and rivers. Because if you think about it, I would imagine... You know, you're noticing like, oh, wow, every night it's really bright out and the river goes up to, you know, like eventually some smarty pants nerd in the tribe noticed. It would have been the DA of the tribe. The DA of the tribe. Mm -hmm. And Alex and me of the tribe are just like, okay, but did we lock our cave before we went to bed? Because like, I'm scared of, you know. I feel like I'm missing some acorns. I mean, like, did you find my Batmobile? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, okay. 
I'm trying to make a joke out of it because I'm really uncomfortable and scared right now in my own home. Okay. But seriously. But seriously. So I clearly, I got most of this information from um, Wikipedia. Duh. I mean, where else would I get this from? And the American Federation of Astrologers, which is not a .gov or a .edu. So take it for what you will, you know? Mm -hmm. But most of it's from Wikipedia. And you can tell this line is verbatim from Wikipedia because... With the Neolithic Agricultural Revolution. Yup. <laughs> That's where your donation to Wikipedia gets you. Thank you, Wikipedia, because I don't know what the Neo... I, honestly, I try and do that college trick where I, like, read it and then I, like, in my own words, write it. Right. But I don't know what the Neolithic Agricultural Revolution is. So I didn't know how to fake it, so I just wrote it verbatim. You don't know what the NAR is? You know what? The NAR really just is right over my head. (laughs) Right over my H-E-A-D. You know? Right? I spell head right? Yep. Um, Okay. So with the Neolithic Agricultural Revolution, there were new needs that surfaced that were uh, met with more knowledge. So it's kind of like a... As we need more, we're kind of forced to learn more situation. Okay. Uh, so that was basically the emergence of the season. So like, oh, wow, it gets cold. Oh, wow. It, you know, because if you're trying to grow, I know that agriculture means grow stuff. Nice. <laughs> so. Context clues. And I know that neo means new. Does lithic mean world? What does lithic mean? The hey, Latin- Siri, what does lithic mean? What's the Latin roots of lithic? I, I, my eighth grade professor, professor, my eighth grade teacher made us learn Latin. And so I used to know like what a lot of roots were because I think the thought process is, um, you'll do better on the SATs because you can like, even if you don't know the meaning of the, like literally what I'm doing right now, yeah. I know that Neo means new and Lithic means, uh, nature relating to stone. Okay. So the new age. I mean, the new, like, natural, the agricultural revolution. Basically, when we stopped being hunters, hunter-gatherers, mm-hmm. when we started being hunter-gatherers, mm-hmm. and we had to learn how to grow things, I guess. I nice. Don't know. This is learning with You're Kristen and Alex. <laughs> Who'd have thought astrology had so many Listen. words? Um, and I know what the word revolution means. Viva la revolution. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so... Basically, we had to learn how to farm, so we needed to know what seasons were and how the, you know, changing tides and stuff affected our crops. Okay. So then, usually, when you think about, like, actual, like, what we know of as astrology, the Babylonians are the ones who kind of didn't... They usually considered the birth of what we cons- what we consider astrology, but they didn't 100% just make everything themselves. They kind of you know, piece together other cultures and things. Love it. Um, so they use charts to predict seasons, certain events, stuff like that. And in the early fourth century, um, the Babylonians are actually the ones who introduced astrology to the Greeks who kind of took it and, and really just kind of nailed it home, really ran with it. Um, and cause with the conquest of, Al- of Alexander the great, who I do know who that is, um, Greece became exposed to other cultures like Syria, Babylon, um, Persia and Central Asia. So the Greeks kind of had this insurgence of other ideas and, and kind of used it to inform their own. And uh, so this included astrology. So by the first century BC, there were two types of astrology, essentially. There was 
basically the reading and understanding of horoscopes to understand the past, present, and one's past, present, and future. Mm -hmm. And the other was, saw astrology more as like God's work and it emphasized the soul's um, ascent to the stars. So one was more like using this to interpret events and the other was more like, um, yeah, so the first was basically using the stars to learn about the world Mm -hmm. and the latter was more using them to learn about oneself. Ozzy just got very excited about this. Shush, shush, shush. No, it's cute. Mama's trying to teach the children. Um, So another thing that astrologers definitely did was um, use their wiles on the kings. They kind of used it as like a, um, you know, to advise kings with. So one of the first astrologers uh, to bring um, hermetic astrology to Rome was, uh, y'all, these names, was... Theragilus, Theragilus, sounds right. Who advised the emperor Tiberius? I know that word. And Tiberius was the first emperor to have an actual court astrologer. Pretty neat. This kind of began the tradition of kings using astrologers to basically be like, "Should we go to war?" And the astrologer was like, "Let me check the charts." Ah, ah, ah. You can't see it, but I'm winking at Alex. I love it. So it's like, "Let me check the charts." And like, and then it's also like. Hey, uh, Senate, you want to slip me a 20? Who did you want to go to war with again? Got it. Okay. Yeah, those stars say you should totally attack wherever. You know, that's kind of the way it worked. That's the real tea. Sounds very Game of thrones They don't teach you that in the history books, but I know because I read Wikipedia, which didn't actually say that I made that up. But I'm sure it's true. I mean, that's how it works on Game of Thrones. Sounds so. legit. Ouch. God. Ozzy's clawing me with his... Big mean pause. Um, I'm really excited about so astrology kind of became a tool for people to assign order in chaos. Like that's kind of if you're looking at like what does all this mean, and like you look up at the vastness of the sky, and you're like, I'm gonna assume. You know what? I'm gonna decide to plant that shrub because my sun sign overflows the planet Venus today, and it's ascending, and I'm gonna do that. You know. I had that conversation this morning. I totally Because Venus is always on... Re- what is it? Venus is... is Venus. always in retrograde. <laughs> yep. <I'm> that, <laughs> what doesn't Karen talk about that one? It's hard. It's like, is Venus in retrograde? And yep. it's just like, yes. No. Always. Love it. So, it went on to be used to predict weather patterns, forecast natural disasters, and eventually shape human affairs, including informed one to go to war with certain what? people. Which leads us to... The Zodiac. Some people think the zodiac and astrology are synonyms, but in reality, the zodiac is part of astrology. Definitely thought you were talking about the zodiac killer for a second. It took me a second I to mean, realize it's a real thing that's outside a, of murder. That's a different thing, but yeah. yes, the zodiac uh, zodiac comes from the Greek word meaning circle of animals, which is super literal because the zodiac is the circle of all the signs because they go in a circle. Because mm-hmm. Because time is a circle. Mm-hmm. The world is a circle. Not a flat circle, but a, a circle. And everything is circles. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Love it. We're not even, like, guys, we haven't drunk in the last, like, four episodes. And we don't need it. We naturally create these. This is us. This is, yeah. This is me. Anyway, okay. So, most likely, most, guys, it's late. We're not. We're tired. We're trying to pull it together. We watched the We've been up too much time. <laughs> or too many times. Um, so the Zodiac was most likely developed in Egypt and adapted by the Babylonians. Kind of like this 
article was developed on Wikipedia, and I'm adapting it nice. for this podcast. See? Actually, that information I got from the Astrologers Federation or whatever, Love but it. whatever. Um, so early astrologers did know it took 12 cycles for the sun to rotate and return to its original location in the sky, which is crazy to think about. If you're thinking about back in like BC, they are recognizing that it takes, that the sun is, you know, 12 different, you know, it takes it a while to rotate through the constellations. Right. Um, and they were able to identify the 12 constellations that were in each position as the sun completed its journey. Okay. So they were kind of able to chart um, the time that way. Thus, the constellations became associated with a season. So an example would be um, if a season was particularly wet, like that sun cycle was particularly wet, they would name an Aquarius for a water bearer, um, things like that. So the, the signs kind of inform, were informed sometimes based on what the season was because of the Ooh. way the moon and the sun rotated. So there are 12 Western Zodiac signs and they are divided into four groups. Now I need to state there are so many different Zodiacs. So Chinese Zodiac, um, there's different Indian Zodiacs, there's Egyptian Zodiac is its own thing. I'm talking about Western Zodiacs because that's what I know and I didn't want to completely reinvent the wheel. Maybe one day I'll talk about different Zodiacs, but for the reference of this, we're doing Western. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're divided into four groups. So there's fire signs, which are Aries, Sagittarius, and Leo. Hmm. There are water signs, which are Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. There are air signs, which is Libra, Aquarius, and Gemini. And earth signs, which are Capricorns, Taurus, and Virgo. Nice. They're also divided into th three modalities, which I didn't know about this, but mm -mm. they're based kind of on the Holy Trinity. Um, so there are three modalities, which are cardinal. So keywords for these are action, dynamic, um, and it basically a great force. I don't know how else to say that, but like a like a unstoppable force. Okay. Um, and these the cardinal signs are Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn. Fixed signs. The keywords here is resistance to change, um, great willpower, and inflexible. Hmm. These signs are Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius. And the mutable signs, which the keywords there is adaptability, flexible, and resourceful. And these signs are Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, and Pisces. Um, each sign is ruled by a planet. So in astrology, the sun and the moon are considered planets. And the other five planets, there are only seven planets mentioned in astrology. So it's the sun and the moon and the other five planets are the planets that early astrologers could observe. Okay. So that's only um, Mars, Venus, Mercury, Saturn, and Jupiter. Nice. So in modern astrology, um, they do apply um, Neptune, Uranus, and Pluto. Even though Pluto's not a planet anymore, wrote Pluto. You're all, Pluto's always a planet in my heart. Always. Um, kid of the 90s. And I will teach my children that Pluto is a planet. And yeah. they're like, but mommy, that's what I said at school. And I'll be like, you listen to mom. Mm -hmm. I know better. Holler back, girl. That's right. That messed me up. Um, so each each planet is ruled. I mean, each sign is ruled by a planet. So Aries is ruled by Mars. Taurus is ruled by Venus. Gemini is ruled by Mercury. Uh, Cancer is ruled by the moon. Leo is ruled by the sun. Virgo is ruled by Mercury, Libra by Venus, Scorpio by Mars, Sagittarius by Jupiter, Capricorn by Saturn, Aquarius by Saturn, and Pisces by Jupiter. Um, what was Gemini? Gemini is Mercury. Okay. Supposedly, 
the planet that rules your sign can also inform a character trait about yourself in some cases. Ooh. For instance, if you're a Mars sign, you might be quick to anger, <laughs> things like that. Um, now, I'm going to have to state my official opinion on astrology, which is I don't necessarily subscribe to it. I think that sometimes it's a lot like the Myers-Briggs. You pick out the traits in your sign that you see in yourself. Right. For instance, I'm a Leo. My uh, modality is fixed, and I can tell you that I love change. I have absolutely no willpower. I will eat an entire box of Kraft mac and cheese alone in the dark, ashamed of myself, and then make another one. Yep. And I am very flexible. But at the same time, my actual, like, hor- like what I what I read in my description of my sign, I actually very much kind of agree with. Right. So you take it or you leave it. So now here's where I go. So what's your sign, baby? I love it. I'm an Aries. You an Aries? Ooh. Okay. Well, we're gonna That's start why with you. I giggled when you said Mars is quick to anger because I've been known to have a temper every <laughs> once in a while. Oh me? Why? Me? I never. Um, okay. So now I'm gonna. So my favorite part about the signs is reading like what they're like. Okay. And, like, who they are and stuff. So I'm going to go through all of them. So this might be a bit longer episode. But I feel like if I was a listener and they did, like, they didn't do Leo, I'm a Leo, so I'd be pissed about it. Right. It's like, maybe a Gemini wouldn't be mad, but, like, I'd be mad. Right. So I'm going to read them all. And My then God, I'll you're do, such a Leo. I, I mean, it's kidding. actually inappropriate. My hair, when I get out of the shower, looks like a lion's mane. So pretty much. It's kind of perfect. Um, But <laughs> so I'm going to read all of the, like, descriptions. And then I'm going to read our horoscopes. Okay. Okay. And if you want to submit your sign, let us know because we want to know what your sign is, baby. Ivy, tell us what your sign is. Ivy, we need to know what your sign is. Please, we'll read your horoscope. If you actually tweet us your sign, the first like person to tweet us their sign, we will read your horoscope next time. Mm-hmm. Promise. Okay. Aries, the Ram, March 21st through April 19th. Aries people, <laughs> it's funny, Aries people. Yeah, really. Aries people are creative, creative, adaptive, and insightful. They can also be strong-willed and spontaneous, sometimes to a fault. Aries people can be driven and are very ambitious, often making them overachievers in anything they set their mind to tackle. Aries are fire signs, and so too is their personality. We're both fire signs. Mm-hmm. Um, they may be quick to anger, but don't take it personally. It's just their fiery, pers- passionate personalities showing through. Aries signs have excellent sense of humor, and they get along with almost anyone, everyone at the party. And they do know how to party. <laughs> I like that it specified they that. Do. They do know how to party. Um, Aries can be impatient, but we love them anyway because they are devoted friends, lovers, and family members. They are loyal to the end and will fight for their causes, usually supporting the underdog. See, I think that's pretty accurate about you. I would say, yeah, that's pretty much Pretty spot on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Taurus, the bull. Um, April 20th through May 20th. That's what Karen is, I think. They were just mm-hmm. talking about it in the most recent My Favorite Murder. Taurus signs are earthy. That's actually what gave me the idea. The most recent series of My Favorite Murder. Nice. Um, Taurus signs and meanings. Taurus zodiac signs and meanings, like the animal that represent them, is all about strength, stamina, and will. Stubborn by nature, the Taurus will stand his or her ground to the bitter end. Sometimes even irritatingly so. Irrationally so. My bad. As a Freudian slip. Hmm. I don't know any Tauruses. 
Um, but that's okay, because the Taurus is also a loving, sympathetic, and appreciative sign. The Taurus is very understanding, and when we need someone to unburden ourselves to, we often share our deepest fears with the Taurians of the Zodiac. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Cute. What they call the Taurians. Taurians are very patient, practical, and efficient. They are excellent in matters of business and are also wonderful instructors slash teachers. Although initially they may have their own best interests at heart, they are ultimately and endlessly generous with their time, possessions, and love. Also, because this is what I want to name this episode is What's Your Sign? I'm looking this up on whatsyoursign.gov. Love it. <laughs> I make, I'm doing like a like a campaign for the nice. name of this episode to be What's Your Sign. Greg's a Taurus. I think that's the cheesiest thing ever. What? Yeah. Greg's a Taurus. Really? Yeah. Very cool. That's right. That's about right. No, there was um, my friend Danny used to like, that used to be his pickup line. He'd be like, hey baby, what's your sign? And it worked probably 5% of the time. Hey man, it's it's a good like starting off talking point. You're good. Especially if you want to pick up a Leo because we will talk about ourselves all damn day. Or any drunk basic girl. I'd be like, oh Hi. my God. Hi, my name's Kristen and I'm usually a drunk basic girl. Right. Um, okay, Gemini, the twins. This is what Georgia is. That's what Maddie is, too. May 21st through 20th. Flexibility, balance, and adaptability are the keywords for the Gemini. They are quick to grasp the meaning of a situation and act on it, often with positive effects. They tend to have a duality in their nature and can sometimes be thought tough to predict how they will react. They can turn from hot to cold and may be prone to noticeable mood swings. However, they are generous signs with tendencies of being affectionate and imaginative. They also inspire others easily as they seem to naturally motivate themselves. Their charisma and accomplishments are infectious. Geminians? <laughs> Geminians? I can't. I can't with these. <laughs> they so can't cute. pluralize these words. Oh, it's like Aries people. <laughs> Aries <Sorry>. people. <laughs> Geminians are very supportive and are especially good at promotion, sales, and driving hard bargains. That's, I think that's kind of on for many kind of Yeah, not. I agree. Um, especially about being imaginative. Yeah, and generous. Money's very generous. Mm-hmm. Cancer, the crab, June 21st through July 22nd. Cancerians, cancerarians. <laughs> Why? These were. Cancers love home life, family, and domestic settings. They are traditionalists and enjoy operating on a fundamental level. They love history and are fascinated with the beginnings of things, heredity, ancestry, etc. The moon is their ruler, so they can be a bit of a contradiction and sometimes moody. However, they are conservative, so they'll be apt to hide their moods from others altogether. They have a reputation for being fickle, but they'll tell you that it isn't true, and it's not. Okay, let me read that sentence again. They have a reputation for being fickle, but they'll tell you that isn't true, and it's not. I don't know. Guys, drunk me wrote this three days ago. <laughs> I'm kidding. I have no idea what this is. Anyway, that sentence didn't make sense. Hmm. Um, however, cancer cancers make loyal, sympathetic friends. However, they need alone time, and when they retreat, let them do so on their own terms. Now the best sign in the entire Zodiac. The proud lion. My God. Leo. I the wish best. you could see Kristen's expressions in the dance moment. moves. Here it is, Leos. This is for this one's for you, baby. July 23rd through August 22nd. The zodiac signs and meanings of Leo is about expanse, power, and exuberance. Leo <laughs> I can like feel I my douchiness. I love it. I can it's 
oozing from me, guys. Ugh. If she could like puff out her chest, if I she could would turn into a lion right now. It's happening. Oh my god. Leos are natural born leaders, and they will let you know it as they have a tendency to be high minded and vocal about their opinions. You never. <laughs> That's okay, because if you observe, the the Leo is usually correct in his or her statement. (laughs) Thank you, (laughs) whatsyoursign.com, for validating my entire existence. Oh my god. Um, Leos have a savvy way of analyzing a situation and executing swift judgment. I don't know if it's always accurate, but I'm pretty swift with my judgment. Uh, With a beneficial outcome. It comes from being a leader. They are brave, intuitive, and also headstrong and willful. Beneath their dynamic person lies a generous, loving, sensitive nature that they do not easily share with others. They might be a bit bossy, but those who know them understand this comes from a source to do good, not usually from an inflated ego. Yeah, so I think I that's, think that's accurate. accurate. Yeah. I'm a I'm a cancer descending Leo ascending, so like I'm right on the cusp. So I exhibit some cancer traits too. Yeah. Mostly the obsession with like where things come from Mm. and being like a home person. Mm -hmm. Okay. Virgo, the virgin, August 23rd to September 22nd. Virgos have keen minds and are delightful to chat with, often convincing others of outlandish tales with ease and charm. Virgos are inquisitive and are very skilled at drawing information from people. This trait also makes them naturally intuitive. Combine this with their remarkable memories and we see an advanced analytical personality. However, the Virgo needs balance in their lives. Otherwise, they may become short-tempered, impatient, and self-serving. Virgos are often excellent teammates to work with in social... Virgos are are excellent teammates in work and social activities. They work well with others, although they freely express their opinions, even when it's unwarranted. Mm. Libra, the scales, September 23rd through October 22nd. As their zodiac signs and meanings would indicate, Libras are all about balance, justice, equanimity. That sounds right. And stability. They easily surround themselves with harmony and beauty, but sometimes go to extremes to do so if their goals are unreasonable or unhealthy. With Venus as its ruling planet, Libras are very understanding, caring, and often the champion of underdogs. They have keen intuitions, but don't give themselves enough credit for their perceptions. They can be quiet and shy if not persuaded to come out of their shell. Ironically, and in spite of their introverted nature, they make excellent debaters, often proving a point from out of seemingly nowhere. Now, I'm pretty sure... I don't... I think... My mom's a Libra. My mom is a Libra. But she's right on the cusp. So she kind of exhibits some of this, but not fully all of it. What are the dates again? Uh, September 23rd through October 22nd. Yeah, my mom is right on the cusp. My too. mom is too. Yeah. Our mom has the same birthday, doesn't she? I think so. Mm. Uh, close. close. One day yeah. apart. Close. Yeah, yeah. Um, like they care. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to be all secretive doing Morse code over here. <laughs> they don't care. Scorpio. The Scorpion. October 23rd through November 21st. And that's my baby sister. The Scorpio is often misunderstood. I think this is Olivia. These personalities are bold and are capable of executing massive enterprises with cool control and confidence. They can surmount seemingly all obstacles when they put their mind to task. And they have an unshakable focus when the situation calls for it. Accurate. Regardless of their bold nature, they are often secretive, 
but they're always observing behind their withdrawn manner. A thousand percent. I've never heard of a more accurate description for my sister. Yeah. That's good, though. Those are people you want to know about because they know everything. See, that's my problem with being a Leo. I never shut my mouth long enough to, like, observe or listen to things. Agreed. Talk to Maddie about that all day because he's, like, over it. Yeah. No. It's DA. We'll get to DA. The other day I was telling Maddie how tired I was and I wouldn't also stop telling him about my day. And he was like, are you sure you're tired? (laughs) Because you won't shut up. Right. I was, so DA is a Capricorn. And so I was, like, Googling, like... Do Leos and Capricorns get along? And literally everything was like, no. (laughs) Leos and Capricorns should never be in the same room. They hate each other. They're the worst. They were like, Leos and Capricorns, if they get together, have like a very strong attraction to each other. And then they hate each other and they break up. And I'm like. (laughs) So Um, far, so good. I mean, listen, that's why this is all horseshit. (laughs) That's why none of this is true. Anyway, back to the lies um Sagittarius the centaur November 22nd through December 21st here we have the philosopher among the zodiac signs and meanings like the Scorpio they can have a great ability for focus and can be very intense however they must channel their energy or they will waste time and wear themselves out going in too many directions at once They are not very patient and expect quick results. However, when encountered with failure, they make extreme comebacks, often against incredible odds. They make loyal friends, lovers, but they do not handle commitment well as they refuse to be tied down while chasing philosophical pursuits. Capricorn, the goat. This is DA. December 22nd through January 21st. The great, I mean, but really he is. Um, Through January 19th. Capricorns are also philosophical signs and are highly intelligent too. Now, if you know DA, you know he hates philosophy. So. He is highly intelligent. He is highly intelligent. And he likes to philosophize about what he finds interest in. Right. Um, they apply their knowledge to practical matters and strive to maintain stability and order. They are good organizers and they achieve their goals by purposeful, systematic means. I yep. mean, that is eerie how spot on that is about DA. Yep. They are very intuitive, although they don't share this trait other with others freely, including their wives, apparently. Just kidding. DA is intuitive. They do not deal well with opposition or criticism, but a healthy Capricorn will often shrug off negative comments towards their character. They are patient and preserving, and they know they can accomplish any task as long as they follow their plan step by step. Capricorns have broad shoulders and typically take on others' problems with aplomb. Very true. Ironically, they rarely share their own problems and tend to go through bouts of inner gloom and a spell of dwelling on these problems. That's very true. DA is a great ear to listen on, but I have to like pull and prod and pull and prod to find out that like he didn't like dinner, you know, like Mm -hmm. he's very, very much like private. Aquarius, the water bearer, who's a air sign question mark? Wait, what? Aquarius is an air sign, but wouldn't it be a water sign? I mean, I don't make the rules, but it seems like an oversight. Someone must have missed that, right? Is Okay, so wait, are, are Pisces the fish then? Yeah. Okay. They're next. They're the last one. Aquarius, the water bearer, January 20th through February 18th. Age of Aquarius. Um, yep. Often simple and unassuming, the Aquarian goes about accomplishing goals in quiet often unorthodox ways but their methods may be un- although their methods may be unorthodox the results for achievement are surprisingly effective Ooh. aquarians will take up any cause and are human ta- humanitarians of the zodiac they are honest loyal and highly intelligent they are also um, easygoing and make natural friendships 
If not kept in check, Aquarian can be prone to sloth and laziness. However, they know this about themselves and they try their best to motivate themselves into action. They are also prone to philosophical thoughts and are often quite artistic and poetic. I feel like that's true. I feel like a lot of artists are Aquarius. Agreed. I can't think of anyone that I know that's an Aquarius right I know now. someone who's on the cusp of Aquarius and that's pretty accurate for her. Nice. Um, Pisces, the fish. February, this is the one I always wanted to be. Oh, I my dad's an fish. Aquarius. Sorry. There you go. Wow. wow. Dad daughter. My dad's a... I think he's a Libra? No, he's a Virgo. He's a Virgo right after me. Hot tub. Um, I will never forgive that ever. I'm sorry. Um, anyway. James made me do Sorry. That. Sorry, daddy. Please don't listen to this. Yeah, your mom listens to this. Cut that. Nope. I'm leaving it in. Cut that. Everyone needs to know. That's Everyone you, calls... I'm shaming... Everyone all calls Chris- my all my friends call my dad Hot Tom. Yeah, and everyone thinks my brother's hot too. And I'm like, what am I, chop liver? No, you look just like what your am brother, I, chop Libra? So- am I right? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> this is the last time we ever recorded, guys. I'm so sorry. This is such a long episode. I, I hope it. people just skip to their sign and didn't listen to all the other ones. No, I hope they judge all of their friends and <laughs> like, what their signs are. Oh my god, are. my like friend I Brenda am. is an Aquarius, and she's the fucking worst. Basically. Anyway, Pisces, the fish. This last one, guys, we're almost there. February 19th through March 20th. Also, when assuming, the Pisces zodiac signs and meanings deal with an acquiring with acquiring vast amounts of knowledge, but you would never know it. They keep an extremely low profile compared to others in the zodiac. They are honest, unselfish, trustworthy, and often have quiet dispositions. They can be overcautious and sometimes gullible. These qualities can cause the Pisces to be taken advantage of, which is unfortunate as this sign is beautiful, beautifully gentle, and generous. Oh, if you take advantage of a Pisces, shame on you. Agreed. They sound like nice people. Sydney's a Pisces. She's a very nice person. Don't take advantage of Sydney, guys. Don't do it. She's Don't a beautiful soul. She's <laughs> very nice. Where was I? Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're going to end. Um, in the end, however, the Pisces is often the victor of ill circumstance because of his or her intense determination. Intense? Did I say intense? Intense. Like camping? I think I said it like in camping, but I meant intense. Nice. That accent gets me every time. Um, they become pra- passionately devoted to a cause, particularly if they are champi- championing. <laughs> we're, we're getting there, guys. guys. In my defense, I am guys. reading this straight off of a website, and I have been reading a lot. So what do you want from me? And she's from Texas, you know? You know? <laughs> Just kidding. I'm sure Texas is a great education system. Particularly if they are championing, championing, championing for friends or family. Um, I hope you enjoyed all of these. Brightly, Aviva. That's who wrote this article. Thanks, Aviva. Um, okay. Now I'm going to read Alex and I's horoscope. So if you are a, what'd you say? Aries? If you're an Aries yeah. or a Leo, congrats. It's your day, man. If not, send us your horoscope and we'll read it. Yeah. Okay. Let's start with Aries because you're first. Mm. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Here's your horoscope. Aries. A, famil- a familiar dilemma resurfaces today as you struggle with finding new balance between pursuing new connections and nurturing existing ones. This is for actually for tomorrow. You hope to expand your social circle to reflect your growing list of interests, your zest for life, 
is contagious. However, you're eager to share it with like-minded people. Weird. Okay. That's This is HuffPost. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't either. Okay, here's mine. Okay. Okay, Leo, May 20th. You might find yourself in the center of a conflict between two close friends today. What is it with our signs? Both of them are in conflict. It's because we're fire signs. Hmm. Um, although you aren't tied to a particular outcome, you want to find the truth that's hidden in the current flurry of angry words. Unfortunately, your very presence only exacerbates the situation. Examine your motives for getting involved. You'll fear a, feel a surge of motivation to work on your relationship this week, Leo. Oh, I don't like that it calls me Leo. Mm. It's all thanks to Mars. Oh, thanks a lot, Mars. It's in retrograde. Listen, Mars is my ruler. <laughs> and it's in retrograde, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that might have to be the name of the episode. God, We're just so sorry. It's in our defense. It's so late. Well. So. Yeah, that was astrology. And <laughs> and Kristen's love life. I just, like, guys, if nothing else, t- if nothing else taught you that everything I just talked about is complete nonsense, it was that horoscope journey we just went on. Listen, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about... Apparently, Mars is coming fiery hot through our... Through our homes or whatever. Because they, they call, like, wherever your planet is in, like, it's Through home. our loins. <laughs> it's just Gertum. Gertum strong, kids. What are what are you obsessed with this week? <laughs> you go first. I went first last week. Uh, I think. I don't know. I don't know when we're releasing this. We don't know what we're doing. Guys, if you haven't learned that by now, we can't help you. E for effort. Um, this week, I am... Apparently obsessed with the neighborhood, but I'm also obsessed with um, another pet thing. Sorry, shocker. Um, okay, so Shadow has a knack for destroying his toys. He like he's really good at it. He's so good at it. So proud um, of him. he really, really, really likes to chew. So he always chews through like chew toys within I don't know five minutes. Mm-hmm. I get him the very cheap ones from Petco that are 100%. all shaped like vegetables, and they're great. Um, they have one squeaker toy in them and a bunch of stuffing. He chews through it, finds the squeaker. He's done. Destroys the stuffing. Done. In a in probably seven minutes flat. Yeah. But you know what? For those seven minutes, he's he the loves it. Happiest pup. Yeah. It's his favorite thing. So when I was looking at toys, um, I was actually looking at uh the, they make a Bob Ross chew toy. My sister is obsessed with Bob Ross. I'm going to see her. Does she even know who he is? Yeah, she's watched all of his painting shows on Netflix. Um, she's like literally obsessed with him. We have Bob Ross paint along nights. Um, wow. It's really fun. It's a super nerdy thing my family does. Anyways, so um, the people, I think it's the same people that do, um, what is it? Birchbox, right? Is, is that it? the subscription thing? Yeah. Okay, I think it's the same group. Might not be. I don't know. But the people that do BarkBox mm-hmm. have an online shop now for dogs called The Bark Shop. Aw, cool. Which is really cute. So you can order all the stuff that they send you in their Bark Boxes, which I don't subscribe to, full disclosure. But um, when I was looking at the Bob Ross chew toy, I found the Destroyers Club that they promote. And it's literally just like a series of... 
um, different toys that they release that are meant to be for dogs that destroy their toys. Oh, so, um, which is like every dog I've ever met. Right. Except for my sister's dog. Calvin is not. Really? Calvin like, is like so loving the way that he like chews on his toys. It's really oh, cute. D'Artagnan, our, our, my dog in college, he, I mean, it wasn't even fair, honestly, right. to give him the toys because he just, within minutes, just shredded. Totally. So they have, um, part of the Destroyers Club is like the shredders. And then Shadow is a squeaker seeker. Yeah. So he loves to find the squeaker. Um, so they make toys with like extra squeakers and extra Aww. stuffing to like hide the squeakers and yeah. everything. So I ordered him two and I was super, super excited about the actual toys themselves. They came today. Um, I ordered a roast chicken and it has like a bunch <sighs> of squeakers in it and then a lobster roll that has a bunch of squeakers That's in it hilarious. too. Shadow's like freaking the happiest dog in the world. Because he think he's done with it and then he's like, oh no, there's yeah. another squeaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. it's super exciting. And like it was really cute because I gave him both toys at once and he didn't know which one to like chew first. <laughs> That's so funny. And they're like, chew one for a little bit, chew yeah. one for a little bit. Yeah. It was so cute. And then Kristen got him this antler last week, so then he would like go chew on the antler, like while he decided which toy he wanted yeah. to go to next. The palette cleanser. Gosh, it was so cute. But their customer service was so awesome to deal with too. They were really sweet. They helped me figure out shipping issue and i can't say enough good things about it um shadow's a really happy dog and that's all i got for my obsession this week bark shop check them out that's awesome well um my obsession this week is um i know it's actually kind of old news um but i was watching the latest i was catching up on my real housewives i've been so bad i'm so behind and the one of the latest episodes was when Bethany they actually like film her going to Puerto Rico, and like doing her release up relief effort. And like I knew it was a thing because literally everyone knows that I watch Bravo. So whenever like I think Alex sent me the thing like oh my god look what Bethany's doing like this is so great because like people that don't watch Bravo but like know about Bethany yeah they like they were like oh my gosh like what she's doing is so amazing and I was like whoa what is this so I kind of knew but I didn't I don't think I and honestly. It's so sad. Like, every time you turn on the news and you hear something sad, like, I think at some point it doesn't really fully affect you as much as it used to. And so, you know, you know, you hear about Puerto Rico and you know they still don't, like, have power or water or anything. And it's super sad. And then it's, like, when you're watching actual, like, footage, like, they actually fly down to Puerto Rico and film you know, Bethany, like, distributing supplies and food and money. And it's just, like, it's mind-boggling. I mean, to see the destruction that was still there, like, weeks, months later, and still to this day is still happening. And I think it's important. And it's, you know, like, it is so devastating. And it's, it's like we were saying earlier, you need to keep... You need to keep a light on this stuff. Like something needs to happen. Like some, you know, it's like her, her whole thing is like hashtag this is a crisis. And it's so, you know, it's so true. And, you know, people need to pay attention. And it's, and then some of the people were saying like, you're the first person we've seen here. Like that's come to Puerto Rico. And it's like, how is that possible? Like, how How is is there not enough relief effort? You know? And it's like, like she was saying a lot of the money doesn't necessarily get to them. And it was just like. I don't know. So I'm obsessed with Bethany and I'm obsessed with her Be Strong um, Foundation and the um, This is a Crisis Relief that they're doing in Puerto Rico. And I'm sure they're still doing. I mean, 
it's not, you know, it's not done. It's never, your work's never done. That's kind of what the, the guy, one of the guys on her team also like helped with relief from Haiti. And he's just like, you know, this work is never done. There's always something that needs to be helped. And some people that need to be helped and people have to do it and people have to care. People still have to care. Like the whole, like, dude, does Flint even have clean water right now? No idea. No, I, I don't think they do. And it's just like. Man, people just have to care and and be aware and and, and those honestly, are things I was, that we should be desensitized to. Right, people having not. clean running water is not something that we should be desensitized to. Right. And honestly, it's really easy for us to get trapped up in our lives and to you know not worry about stuff. And I'm a hundred percent, thousand million percent guilty of that. And then I saw the you know I saw the show today, and it's how stupid. I'm like watching Real Housewives. But it's like, it just is such a blatant reminder and it's important and I think people need to still talk about it and I think we need to try really hard not to be desensitized and try to keep ourselves awake because honestly, getting desensitized and going to sleep is how we let stuff fall through the cracks and it's not a time to sit down, it's a time to stand up and I think that's important and so that's what I'm obsessed with this week. I love it. All my things are like cause like I was like whale month and I don't know okay. I'm not this cool and cause filled of a person like you know I talk about astrology a lot it's not that I just I mean we talk or we work in nonprofits so it's kind of our lives it is kind of our lives and it's we and it's and important it. and even if but even that we do we still you, you and I both still I think we get overwhelmed and desensitized and we shut down and and that's what. The bad guys want. They want you to shut down and not worry and not think. And and that's we can't do that. We have to remain vigilant. What's that? Is that Mad Eye Moody? And <laughs> not what he said. Oh my god. We're ending it right there on We're a cr- Harry Potter quote. Wait, Snape time? <laughs> Still my favorite moment. Oh my I wish you guys could have been there. I wish I could re-listen that episode every single day just to hear it. Guys, we're gonna go to bed now. <laughs> gonna sleep we're just so, so good sorry. we're so sorry and if you listen to the end good for you you're an ivy be an ivy be an ivy guys congratulations megan and harry let's go happy for you good job good job bethany thanks mars <laughs> thanks for spicing up my life mars <laughs> thanks for coming into my house or whatever they call it um i wait are we, we're we not trending, trending yet. Nope. Alex, I think this is it. This is the moment. This is our moment. It's not. No. Well. Stupid Mars. Bye. Bye. <laughs>